2: At Strayer University, we see you striving to work harder and go further. That's why we provide you with the tools you need to get there, like offering a brand new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program. So you can do your coursework anytime, anywhere, and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules restrictions and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chev and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.
1: Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Wisconsin Sportscast with Mike Lucas.
0: And Tom Oates. Wow, I was kind of worried about that. I didn't, Why, I didn't know This if you new were introduction get in you there. have going here just didn't fools know,
1: me. Didn't know. Didn't know. That producer's hand comes firing down on you, and you responded immediately. We're also joined by our engineer, Dylan Brogan. We need sponsors. We love what Leopold's does for us. Leopold's Books, Bar, Cafe, 1301 Regent Street, along with Fabioli's Spaghetti House in Delhi. Which Had, is
0: actually opened for lunch, from I read, what I've been told. I read told. some
1: people who stopped at uh, Leopold's and were very impressed. Because we've talked in the past about how unique it is, even for Madison, the uniqueness of Madison, all told. And they were kind of surprised. They didn't really know that it existed. And once they got there, they were pleasantly surprised.
0: I think that's true. It's uh, it's it's different. It's uh, pleasantly different.
1: You will not be disappointed if you go to Leopold's. If you went to the football game last Saturday at Camp Randall, you left disappointed. Probably a few other words you could probably throw in there, Disgruntled, too. Disgruntled? Oh, man. Angry? Did people get angry with what they saw? Disillusioned?
0: It appeared they... Kind of filtered out and just there weren't many left at the end. and it, Never a good sign. N- never a good sign when your home crowd gives up on you. The season has taken a turn that I don't think anyone foresaw. No,
1: no. I, I was just stunned with the, the lack of emotion, energy, urgency, the lack of, of that real pop coming out in front of your home crowd. After playing poorly the week before at Indiana, Wouldn't there be some incentive, some motivation, some inspiration to come out and play,
0: play well in front of your home base? It's clear now, and there were signs of it before, that Luke Fickle and his staff have lost some of this team. Now, I don't know if that's 10%, 40%, 80%. I don't know. I have no idea. But it's clear that they, over the course of the last few weeks, have lost – Part of this team because there are guys not showing up to play, and it's reflected in the performance on the field.
1: What do you think of the comments, post game comments, of Hunter Waller?
0: I think Hunter Waller is a is a, a competitor, uh, a great competitor. Really, haven't seen any drop off in Hunter Waller's play at all, and I think he just uh, he sees he's here because he's a Wisconsin kid who loves Wisconsin, and he's a great player, and he loves the program. And I think he sees it really starting to fall down. This was his attempt to uh, do what he could, verbally anyway, at this point, to, to get it back on track. And his, uh, his play is, uh, you can't say anything about his play. He shows up every play, every game.
1: Because the team has not had the type of record that anyone anticipated, I'm wondering how much it will hurt Hunter Wohler as far as his All-Big Ten recognition. I, he should be first team now, and I haven't gone through. I haven't weeded out all the candidates, and the, the better teams are going to get more consideration, better consideration. To my thinking, he's played to that level. I compare him, and I will continue to compare him to a Jason Doring type from the late '90s, someone that would really come up and hit you.
0: Would you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, he's faster. than Jason Doring was, yeah, he is, and bigger than Jason Doring was. I, I think he's a he's a terrific player, and yeah. I think he's worthy of all big, certainly worthy of all Big Ten consideration. But you know, you've seen teams, seen all Big Ten teams for a lot of years, and first thing you do as a voter is you go Ohio State. Who do they have that needs to be on this team? Michigan. Who do they have? Wisconsin when if they're in the Big Ten title game, for instance, who do they have? Because they didn't get there by accident. They got there with good players. So So we're getting off the track.
1: Well, not really. Because yeah, we're getting off. This leads us back to the. The level of competition, the talent level here at Wisconsin, because my follow-up question to you, your quiz for today, Mr. Oates, besides Hunter Waller, and we both, we're both we in agreement that he deserves strong consideration for first-team All-Big Ten. Is that right? We're both on that. We're page. in agreement on that, yes. Name another player from the defense or a player from the offense that deserves any type of recognition whatsoever.
0: Well, I thought Ricardo Holman was having a very nice season until he hurt his shoulder. And I-, I Very I good point. I don't think his play has reflected how good he was playing, his recent play. Um, after that, the inside linebackers who were terrific players in the old scheme are not terrific players in this scheme. They're inconsistent. They make some plays, they don't make others. Um, other than that, uh, you know, I mean, you lose a Keanu, Keanu, Keanu Benton. Well, I watched him last night, or yesterday, play against the Packers, pretty and he impressive. Was pretty much destroying anybody the pack, Packers put in front of him. Not that that's all that hard in that interior of their line, but there's talent there. The, the, the talent doesn't weed out of a program in one in one year, especially when the graduation losses weren't that heavy. Now, obviously, Herbig and and uh, Benton were huge losses, but where else was there great attrition on the defense?
1: They probably miss the savvy of a Torchio, don't you think, in the secondary? Because I, I thought he was, he was he was not only savvy, but he, he made plays. I mean, that's the bottom line. You would make a play. He would make a play. Yeah.
0: You know, I am You're thought, not sold on him. No, I was not sold on him. He was not a fast— Athlete. No, and, he wasn't. He didn't he have. He I didn't thought have the there attach- were times when it cost UW, even as gung ho and as tough as he was. You, you might think Waller would be that player, but they move Waller around so much and have him doing so many different things that the guy that leads your defense has to be in the middle of your defense. He has got to be a safety that, like the you know, or, a, or an inside backer or something like that, that that's really right, kind of in the middle of the mix all the time. And Waller's all over the field, which is great. He I, he should be used that way because he can do a lot of things. No, in answer to your question, and, you know, on the offensive line, I, you know, if you look in the preseason, there were a couple guys that were highly considered for first team, preseason, all Big Ten, but the offensive line has played so poorly that I just, I think they basically played their way out of that. The
1: one highlight from the offense thus far is of Will Pauling, to my thinking. He's he's been pretty consistent. What do you say?
0: Yeah, I like him. I think he's a he's a a player they haven't had a lot of at, at Wisconsin over the last ten years. A uh, a slot receiver that can can make plays all over the field. He's he's made plays down the field. He's made plays on crossing routes on sideline. You know he's he can do a lot of different things, and he seems to have a knack to get open. And both quarterbacks have thrown the ball to him, so you know, he must be getting open.
1: How frustrating was it for you to watch the offense just sputter and sputter and sputter again against Northwestern?
0: Yeah. After sputtering and sputtering and sputtering against Indiana, you know, there's just been flashes all year. It, you know, maybe a good series, a good march, but it's never, there's no consistency. It's never followed up. It's a a one-off. And you know, their offense is just, I think, is just in a state of confusion almost right now. It's Wisconsin and they can't run the ball. I mean, they couldn't run the ball against Northwestern. And Northwestern embarrassing. has had some good defenses over the years. This isn't one of them, okay? And Wisconsin, they can't run. And the counter to that was supposed to be this new air aid pass attack was going to fill the air with footballs, and they were going to move the ball that way. Well, they're not doing that with any consistency either. So what do they have? They don't have anything. No idea. They have nothing they can hang their hat on. Absolutely nothing. I'm glad you pointed
1: that out about the air raid, because I was also under the impression that, okay, so maybe if you don't have a lot of success running the ball, maybe your tailbacks are injured, like Chesma Lucy and or Braylon Allen, that the four or five-yard pass would compensate for that run, Correct. It's, hasn't that always Historically been the, in football the rule since of thumb with the pr- prolific pretty much since offenses?
0: Bill, pretty much since Bill Walsh came to the 49ers, yeah. that's been a, a, a real deal in football, yes.
1: But we don't see that. But what bums me out as much as anything is a lack of creativity. All right, so they threw the pass to the tackle eligible at Illinois. I've seen him run maybe two reverses all season long. Where's the creativity? There is none.
0: Is there? Did I miss it? No. No. You did not miss it. You know, I just think it's a combination of a lot of things. I mean, we've said this before, and the offensive linemen are being, in many cases, asked to do the opposite of what they've been trained to do for three or three or four years. And technique-wise, well, you don't change a, a, a technique overnight. I mean, maybe it's truly special player can do that, but you developed a technique, you didn't develop it overnight and you don't change it overnight and you don't develop a new technique overnight. So uh, the, the blocking at times has been okay. a couple times actually pretty good. Other times it's just not there. They just can't protect the quarterback consistently. They can't open holes for the running game consistently. I don't want, I'm not putting this all on, on the offensive line either. I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's just obvious that no one understood the growing pains that were going to take place when you come in and you, ha- you have a coaching staff that's going to revolutionize football at this university and play systems that are foreign to, to everybody that's in the program. I think people thought, well, Fickle's a Big Ten guy. He understands how physical it is in the Big Ten, and he'll make modifications on offense and defense to accommodate that, and I haven't seen it. I think they've become soft. I think Hunter Waller was right. or, I don't know, or yeah, was Wohler? It, was yeah, it Wohler or was it was Mordecai? I, I don't know. So few players actually showed up to be interviewed that it has to be one of the two. Overnight, they've become soft. I'm, I'm just shocked. At, at how quickly this program kind of unraveled.
1: I've always been told by former O-line coaches that if you're not committed to running the football, that if you're only only going to focus on throwing the ball, it's going to make you softer. It's just going to make you softer because of the, the way you practice the game. I think there's some truth in it, don't you? I think you? there's
0: a lot of truth in that, and especially in the Big Ten. I mean, my my concern I've said this before I think Luke fickle was a great hire I think he's a really I, agree. I think he's a really good football coach personally I would have rather had Jimmy Leonard I agree again okay that's just my thinking but that doesn't mean Luke fickle is a bad I think he's a terrific football he's proven coach. himself but the systems that he brought in with both of his coordinators I'm not sure work at Wisconsin and I and this goes back to when they first named him. And I wasn't sure it will work in the Big Ten for a school like Wisconsin. And now, ten games into the season, I'm still asking that same question: Can you run a full-blown air raid attack at Wisconsin successfully? I don't. I don't. I certainly haven't had an answer in the affirmative. Luke Fickle's deserves and will get time. Over the next two or three years with his own players, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it's still, I still haven't seen any evidence that Wisconsin can run a full blown air raid and be successful in the Big Ten.
1: And why make it so dramatic? Can't you find a way to bring in your own offensive thoughts and philosophies and mesh them with?
0: The players? Based... Don't, you, don't you measure your offense, your defense, to the personnel? One of the ways you judge a coach is does he adapt to his talent. I was under the impression, based on some of the things Luke Fickle said, that he wanted to blend a power running game with, with the air raid. But I have not seen any evidence of that. None. Zero. Zilch.
1: I woke up in the middle of the night screaming, jet sweep, fullback dive. Jet sweep, fullback dive. I'm losing it.
0: Well, that, was, that wasn't all that much fun to watch either.
1: <laughs> but it the last, what we've been watching the last, now. The last
0: couple of years, that wasn't all that yeah. a blast to watch either. I hear you.
1: Well, what what you are going to do is we're going to take a break. We're going to talk about uh, the Packers a little bit and so many other things, including Michigan football. We'll do so right after this timeout. You're listening to the Wisconsin Sportscast, brought to you by Leopold's. Welcome back to the Wisconsin Sportscast uh, with Lucas and Oates, brought to you by Leopold's, 1301 Regent Street, Leopold's Books Bar, Cafe, Fabioli, Spaghetti House, and Deli. All right, let's turn to the National Football League. I thought the Packers were at least entertaining against Pittsburgh.
0: Well, they were at least in the game. Yes. Uh, I thought the most single most impressive part of the game was that Matt Lafleur finally took the shackles off his quarterback and let him throw the ball down the field a little bit. And I don't mean bomb after bomb or whatever. I mean the 20, 30-yard passes. They had they had five or six big plays, big explosive plays, a passing game that went for 25, 35 yards. And that had been totally missing. He finally got some of that game going, and I think that's they still can't score 20 points in a game. But the offense did move the ball, but, man, the defense just cannot stop the run. And until that happens, they're not going to win.
1: Going back to the offense, I thought Aaron Jones looked healthier. He was more involved. More engaged with what they were doing.
0: He's more involved, but he wasn't particularly good. No, but he was better. They need a, they need a, a, he was better the week before. They need a bigger game out of him. They, they, he made a mental, huge mental mistake at the end by not running out of bounds. Um, yeah,
1: that was a bad decision for the That was a Fetra. bad, that was
0: just a poor decision. What did he say? That he didn't think he could make it to the sidelines. Okay, fine. At least he, he understood that, you know, what was going on, but. It still was a mistake. You know, they had a chance to win at the end. Well, yeah, that's more entertaining than everybody's back to their tailgate by the middle of the fourth quarter at Lambeau Field. So until they start winning though, I How much winning is in their future? I don't know. There's no moral victories. We've been told that time and time again, and then the rest of the press conference sounded like they were there were more there were indeed moral victories from the head coach. So there was a little progress. I, I just Jordan, it's a Love, beat a Jordan Love uh, played better, but then at the end, two interceptions in the last three and a half minutes. That doesn't cut it. That's, that's money time, especially in a game you could win.
1: Yeah, you want to save your best football for the fourth quarter, don't you? That's what we've heard from the college football coach in this town, and most pro coaches echo that. Haven't always seen that, have we?
0: Well, a lot of people haven't seen it because they're gone by the fourth quarter.
1: You no, know, that'll used to take care of it. The, the, the fun part, you know, when we were talking about it, well, it was entertaining. The fun part was watching all the Badgers on the defensive front for, for Pittsburgh. I think you've already mentioned Keanu Benton, who's yeah, really had a yeah. solid year. He's, he's been a, very good.
0: He looked like an NFL player from the day he stepped onto campus at Wisconsin. He just he's got that big wide body and he had a wrestling background which is always critical, Yes. Always critical for an interior lineman. Uh, that wrestling background, and he's just a big, naturally strong player. That I, I always I thought he was terrific. I he was he was always a little nicked up, seemingly seemingly at Wisconsin. He was a bit nicked up, couldn't string a great one great season together. Uh, but he's a big, big man that actually has the ability to get to the get into the backfield a little bit with his quickness. Yeah, they love him out there.
1: Yeah, so they he was love paired him. inside sometimes with Isaiah Loudermilk. All yeah. Goes, what? Is that Isaiah Loudermilk?
0: Yeah. yeah that's the big dude. He's a, he he was a big man when he was here. And he was I seven mean, he, he just, played
1: seven man football in uh, high school.
0: Yeah, and he was really green, but he was just a big rangy 6 foot 7 and rangy guy and he's found a home there. I don't think he's they're no, their no, number one defensive lineman. No, just the fact they made the roster, though, is important. But uh, he's found, he got drafted there, maybe fifth, sixth round. I, I, I can't quite remember. And he's doing okay, and they have Herbig, and they have T.J. Watt. So, T.J. who? T.J. who? Is he really fun to
1: watch? He plays yeah, with such he's, great enthusiasm. Yeah,
0: and he's so explosive as an athlete. It's just amazing. And he's got that great natural gift getting around that corner where – he can get really low and maintain every bit of his speed and with you know when you're going against six seven offensive tackles and you can get down low they sometimes have trouble getting down there with you and uh, he's just a tremendous pass rusher one of the best you know, best edge rushers in the NFL and, and and I might say a league that has a lot of really good edge rushers. It's been a premium position for a long time. And there are edge, edge rushers on every team that are really good.
1: I can remember sitting in the stands at Camp Randall during a practice with his dad. We were talking about TJ. This was in the early stage of his career here and he wasn't doing anything.
0: He was hurt. And, oh, he was a tight end. Yeah. he
1: And he didn't seem to have a spot on the team. And his dad was wondering... Well, I think he likes tight end, but everyone says he should play on defense. And it was just a matter, matter of just finding that niche. And yeah. once he got into that spot, man, did he take off. Holy cow, he, he developed.
0: He was good immediately. Yeah, he was. You could just see his explosiveness. You could. He was raw, obviously, because this was all new to him. But you could just see his physical explosiveness, which was, I, thought, I always thought, one of J.J.'s great attributes. Now, he's a bigger stronger guy and not as fast as TJ, but he was explosive in his in his own right. I always used to refer to him as second and 12 because I never saw a guy blow up more running plays in the backfield than J.J. Watt when he was at Wisconsin. He was always stuffing runs behind the line of scrimmage, not for an eight-yard loss. I'm just saying typical between-the-tackles run, boom, minus one, minus two, it happened all the time, and that that was his his kind of explosiveness.
1: I can remember that first year here when he was redshirting, and he just tore up the number one team, the starters, with his play on the scout team. He just he dominated, dominated people yeah. on the scout team. That's the way he played the game. It didn't matter to him. He, he third, fourth, fifth string or starter, he was going to play at the same pace, same speed, yeah. same tempo.
0: I think if if he hadn't had missed so much time over the back half of his career with injuries he would be considered in the Reggie white class if he's not I don't think he maybe he is now but he would be considered in with the all-time all-time greats the injuries kind of robbed him of some seasons I thought and but just his his all around his big playability I mean that's how you to me that's how you judge a defensive player. how many big plays do they make? You know, and in the NFL, it's sacks, it's deflections, it's interceptions, it's fumbles caused, fumbles recovered. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to impact a game as a defensive player with big plays, and he checks every box and, on on that. And and uh, TJ's TJ's similar. He's good against the run too. TJ's not just a, an edge rusher that gets blown out against the run all the time. That he's a good player.
1: I was listening, to JJ. Watt on the CBS pregame show yesterday. Uh, and then they had him on at halftime for a little bit. And then the, the sack leaders, you know, there was Reggie White and there's T.J. Watt and there's J.J. Watt. And J.J. was just saying how much he worshipped Reggie White growing up. And now to think that the two Watt boys are right up at the top of that list with Reggie White. They're pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, I think that list was fastest to fastest to 100 sacks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. He does
1: a nice job on television. Yeah, yeah. CBS could get oh, rid of yeah. Phil Sims, probably Bill Cower. Who else could they do?
0: Yeah, the, they, that, gr- that group on that show has been together for a long, long time. Too long. And some of the guys, I think, are a little out of touch. Too long. Boomer Esiason He's on that, too. He's still there. Too. I mean, that's that's a lot of the same type of people. I think J.J. does a fine job on there.
1: He's very credible, obviously, and he communicates. He yeah, communicates very yeah. well. I catch him every once in a while. On the the Knucklehead show during the week, he has one of his own little time slots with McAfee. He does like
0: 20, JJ does. Yeah,
1: JJ does about twenty five minutes. I think it's on Wednesdays or Thursdays. Yeah, I'm wondering how much he gets paid for that.
0: Pat McAfee is not must see. You haven't, see you haven't acquired a taste for him yet, have you? TV or radio yet? I just want to know what what AJ Hawk's role on the show is.
1: Yard art. <laughs> That's pretty much it, isn't it? <laughs> I have no idea. He's got some well, of the yeah, goofiest you know, people around him.
0: It just looks looks like he's, you know, if Rogers is on, for instance. Yeah, he gets paid. He doesn't Nick say anything. Nick Saban
1: gets paid. Yeah.
0: McAfee owes Aaron Rodgers for, ever, for everything that's happened in his career the last two or three years.
1: He was kind of a springboard, wasn't
0: he? He was absolutely the springboard because he'd go on there – and whether it was talking about COVID and, and, and vaccines or talking about leaving the Packers or talking about Devontae Adams or talking about his contract or this or that, that's the reason that, sh- that Pat McAfee took off is Aaron Rodgers. Whatever they're paying him, it was money well spent because now you can't flip on a channel without seeing Pat McAfee He'll somewhere. grow on you. He'll grow on you. No, he'll... You, no? He, that's, no now, li- that's, that's not likely to happen. Let him
1: grow on you a little bit. Hey, before we get out of here, you weren't surprised at all that the Big Ten aggressively went after Jim Harbaugh and gave him that three-game suspension, which will come under court advisement on Friday or not?
0: Not at all. I think there is a lot of sign-stealing that is attempted, I, but I, I think there's a line that's kind of universally accepted line with coaches that you don't cross this line. And I think Jim Harbaugh and Michigan not only crossed the line, they sprinted across the line and kept right on going. And they just took it too far. I mean, it's obviously you try to every team, it's like baseball. Every team tries to decipher what the other team's doing. But like the Houston Astros, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh just went to far. And the Big Ten uh, threw the book at him. I don't think, uh, and now Harbaugh came out today on Monday and, and, and said it's us against the world That we're Michigan. And Michigan us versus everybody. Yeah. Michigan's the big victim, the big underdog. Give me a break. And and talking about adversity, there's no such thing as adversity when you make 100% of the adversity, uh, bring it upon yourself.
1: Familiar role for, for Michigan. How many Big Ten basketball tournaments did you attend or have attended where during the course of a game they'd show different fan bases in the venue? Eh, be some Wisconsin people, you know, or Indiana people. And it never failed. They'd show someone wearing Michigan garb and the whole place would boo. The whole, right? Am I correct on it? The whole place would boo. It's the Michigan image. And nobody... Nobody wears that image better than Harbaugh. That's why he's so annoying.
0: Yeah, he is. He's annoying, but he annoyed everybody in the Pac-12 too. So
1: I'm sure he annoyed a lot of people in the NFL. It'll be interesting to see if he winds up there someday, don't you think? Yeah,
0: like next year.
1: Yeah, yeah, M- maybe, maybe. This is a crazy.
0: Reunite trip. with Craig Council in uh, in Chicago with the
1: Bears. Well, they're going to be at the top of the list for the draft. Which certainly helps them, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a crazy carousel that's going on. Jimbo Fisher is going to make, what, $78 million for getting fired? $78 million for getting fired? Close to it. Kind again. like you. Yeah, exactly. That's what I got. <laughs> I got a kick in the butt and told, <laughs> told never to come back. That's what I got from McIntosh. Give me a break. You see Paul Chris' names come up a few places, too?
0: Yeah, that's that's what happens. If names get thrown out, you know, you you. You know how it is it, you sit down and you immediately start. Who who are the usual suspects and who's going to be available and who, Lance Lightpole's who on who a list. lot of short lists. Yeah, uh, it was reported that Lance interviewed with Michigan State, which is simply Ooh. which is simply not true. That comes from the horse's mouth. Okay, it's simply not true. But there's always a lot of talk behind. You know, agents. You know, is your guy available? That should be is, a
1: good job, shouldn't it?
0: Michigan State. Yeah. I think when Michigan is really good, like Michigan is right now, I don't think it's a very good job. I think you're second fiddle in that state no matter what. I think it might be on a par with Wisconsin, Iowa, that that level of all job, right. which is a good job. I jo- just always which thought— is, Don't get me wrong. That's a really good job. But it's not Penn State, Ohio State, I, I
1: just always uh, thought and you- all these
0: other big—it's not USC. Okay. It's I always not thought you could Oregon. get players in
1: there, though. I always thought academically you could get players into Michigan State and you could— you could keep them in school.
0: Well, I, ha- I had a friend. You had one friend? Who was a assistant coach for the Spartans. A well, name drop. Back in the 80s and 90s. And he told me that the academic requirements that they operated under were, if we offer you a scholarship, you can get into Michigan State. All right. State. My so, kind of school. Yep.
1: All righty. <laughs> I used to love it when the Badgers would play over at East Lansing. And George Perlis, when Perlis was the head coach, would walk the team to the stadium. My goodness, was that scary? That group of players that he always had surrounding him. I remember the first time I went to the Spartan locker room saw Tony Mandrich without his shirt. Good God. <laughs> you know, did the Packers take a look at him? How did they understand what they were getting
0: in Tony Mandrich? No way. That's a whole different that's a whole different podcast, Luke. Oh my
1: goodness just drives me nuts. All right, so the Badgers will play Nebraska here on Saturday night. I think it's a 6.30 kickoff, NBC, yep. Saturday night. Uh, both teams looking to get bowl eligible. That's a pretty nice streak the Badgers have, what, 21 straight bowl games. Yeah, it is. Games. And I'm
0: guessing that this is not going to be a fun week of practice for the Badgers. It shouldn't be. It And it shouldn't be. And that I think they'll come out with a different mindset than they've come out the last couple weeks. Now, whether that'll do any good is is open to question.
1: By the way, for your information, uh, Wisconsin's beaten Nebraska nine straight games. Nine straight games. Can they make it ten? We'll talk about it next week. Thanks for listening. Leopold's has brought you this show, this podcast, and it's very important. Keep them in mind at all times. We want to thank you again for joining us, you the listener. This has been the Wisconsin Sportscast with Lucas and Otis.
2: At Strayer University, we see you striving to work harder and go further. That's why we provide you with the tools you need to get there, like offering a brand new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program. So you can do your coursework anytime, anywhere, and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Shev and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.